So how important is Morocco in the fight against international terrorism? And what's happening in Morocco these days? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. And you're listening to Canadian Intelligence, eh? Conversations about national security and public safety. I don't know a lot about Morocco. I've never had the uh, benefit and pleasure of visiting that country. But I do know that sort of the northwestern tip of, of Africa yeah, has had a problem with terrorism over the last, let's say, 20 to 30 years. There have been some significant attacks in Morocco. There have been uh, many attacks that have been foiled, thanks to the security services and law enforcement in that country. And of course, there is a really very difficult relationship that Morocco has with its neighbor, Algeria, specifically with a part of land, which when I was a kid was called the Spanish Sahara. That just shows how old I am. And is now called the Western Sahara. It's a, it's a part of land that Morocco claims sovereignty over. But there's also a group of people who want an independent part of the Western Sahara for their own their own purposes. To talk about Morocco in general, and more specifically the situation in the Western Sahara, I am very pleased to be joined by Dr. Yasmin Yasmin Yashasnawi. She's a specialist on North Africa affairs and conflict resolution, and a professor of humanities and political science at the American University in Kuwait. She has studied in, in, in Washington, in Massachusetts, in Texas. She is a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Morocco, and she's going to help us understand what's happening there. So, Yasmin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank, thanks, Phil, for inviting me to be part of this timely conversation. Let's start with uh, maybe a general question, uh, Yasmin, about... The terrorist threat to Morocco, again, I, I get snippets, little pieces from the media here and there. In your estimation, how, how serious is the terrorist threat to Morocco? Well, first of all, um, I would like to contextualize the moment we are uh, living. I cannot dissociate my talk uh, of Morocco without talking about Africa. Africa threats first as Morocco is part of this continent and uh, that is affected by terrorist threats coming from this, this, these parts of, 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 of the continent and many other countries in the world. So the security landscape has taken a new turn across Africa, and I'm going to come to that. I'm going to answer your question. But we need to understand the, you know, the, the genesis. The African continent with, with approximately 30 million kilometers square spread across 54 states had been the stage for the last decade of uh, permanent structural violence with right. 58% of the victims of terrorists in the world being African Terrorism in Africa has uh, cost the continent around $171 million uh, in the past 10 years. Uh, as per Morocco, it is it was affected because it is part of this continent. Morocco has experienced two large-scale terrorist attacks. Um, as you may know, in May 2003, uh, yeah. Al-Qaeda-affiliated Moroccan uh, Islamic combatant, the group Islamic Combatant Marocain, and its subgroup, Salafia Jihadia, they killed like 33 people and wounded yep. more than 100 others in suicide bombing. In April also, we encountered a militant set of remote control bombs in the western city of Marrakesh, killing 17 people. So across Morocco, across the continent, nowadays, ISIS and Al-Qaeda continue to exploit any 
conflict, continue to exploit uh, governance failure, continue to exploit political turmoil, socioeconomic uh, inequalities, grievances. I'm not going to say that Morocco, uh, uh, you know, Morocco does not have any, is not, uh, is, is politically stable, but there are some vulnerable areas where they are actually, where um, uh, they are confronted by these terrorist groups uh, for recruitments. So the you know, Morocco uh, uh, and the Sahel region in general has been, uh, uh, is a scene of unprecedented rise of the Islamic State in recent months, mm-hmm. has become the, rare, the tourist focus of most concern to Morocco as a safe haven for jihadists. So extremist groups in the, Sahel, in the nearby Sahel region, which recruit and train their followers online, represent Morocco's biggest Military, militant threat. It is true that in the last, uh, I would say, few years, Morocco did not experience any uh, terrorist attack, but there are terrorist cells uh, uh, that actually that are still active. Uh, so the terrorist threats uh, persist as long as there are groups that recruit and train their, their followers online, including Islamic State in the greater Sahara. So mm-hmm. Morocco has also struggled with the with the as you may know that, uh, and I'm sure that you, you you mentioned it in your in your books in some parts of the world, uh, but Morocco has also struggled with the flight and return of foreign terrorist fighters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As of March 2017, security forces estimated that approximately 2,000 Moroccans they have left the kingdom to fight alongside uh, extremist groups. I'm going to name them: Iraq, Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, about 200 of those militants, they have um, uh, reportedly returned to Morocco where they, they faced uh, arrest. Now, there is a strict law in Morocco that whoever participated in any terrorist attack is, you know, is, is um, actually jailed and, and you know, in, 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 in Morocco. So um, we have also witnessed terrorist groups in uh, connivance with the Polisario militia and that you mentioned. This is like the group of people that claim that, uh, you know, the, the Sahara is theirs. So mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, uh, there are ter- terrorists who actually target uh, the Tindouf area, Tindouf camps in uh, in Algeria, where this uh, uh, Sahrawi population live, mm-hmm. where they live in a very dire position, you know, uh, dire situations. So they are actually vulnerable to these uh, terrorist groups. So I think uh, also... And also this region, which became a breeding ground for Al-Qaeda recruiters and traffickers of all kinds. So the whole Africa, specifically the Sahel, uh, uh, and humanity is facing the brunt of extremist threats. Morocco still continues to face sporadic threats, largely from small independent terrorist cells that are still active, uh, that they are active in, 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 in Morocco, the majority of which claim to be inspired by or affiliated nowadays with, uh, with ISIS. Mm-hmm. So this is a response to your question, Phil, that yes, uh, uh, even though there are not terrorist attacks anymore like before, but, the, you know, we are faced, we, uh, uh, we are faced with terrorist threats because we are in in a continent where uh, uh, terrorist groups are extremely active uh, specifically now with the Ukraine and Russia war uh, the Sahel that is re- living really dire and uh, live in the dire conditions and also uh, these uh, these these terrorist groups that that uh, keep recruiting in in Tindouf areas and in some parts of Morocco 
Wow, that, that was a very comprehensive answer. And, you know, you, you raised a very important point, Yasmin, and I've read this and many analyses have read that uh, lately that Africa is in fact becoming the primary breeding ground. And also, as you mentioned, the African continent is a place where people are suffering most from terrorist attacks. And whether it's Nigeria or Mozambique or Democratic Republic of Congo or the Sahel or Somalia, it's going on and on and on. And, and, I, and you also raised a very important point about uh, you know is Islamic State and their recruitment and how upwards of 2,000 Moroccans went to go fight. And as we know, it's North Africa. There were 6,000 Tunisians, I believe. And I was, I was in Tunisia a couple of years ago talking to a security official, and he said the situation is actually much worse. Uh, we, we estimate 6,000 Tunisians went to fight, and 21,000 Tunisians were prevented from fighting with Islamic State to show oh. how dire the situation is. They actually remained home. But I, I want to pick up on, on the Western Sahara issue. It's one that's been simmering in the background for a very, very long time. I don't want to make this into a history lesson, but it is an area of the world that is, like I say, used to be called the Spanish Sahara. You mentioned the group, the Polisario. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a uh, a frosty war, I would say, between the Polisario and Moroccan army. It, it doesn't get a lot of attention here in the West. I don't want to draw the comparison that, you know, Ronald, Ronald Reagan famously said, yes, mean about, you know, one man's terrorist is another one's freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. But what actually is at stake here in the Western Sahara? I'm going to assume that Moroccan officials and counterterrorism officials would, in fact, label the Polisario uh, a terrorist group. They're accusing Algeria of hosting them, providing them with logistic detail. So what's the current situation in the, in the Western Sahara? And do you see any prognosis for improvement anytime soon? Okay, so I'm going to stay within the, the, you know, the scope of your talk, uh, Phil, uh, talking about Western Sahara Polisario and terrorism. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nowadays, um, um, just to actually give a bit of clarification, um, uh, now like uh, uh, the, 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 it's, it's, it's a regional, this is a regional crisis between, you know, Algeria and, and Morocco. It's, it's regional. Um, many know that uh, Algeria uh, endorses or uh, finance the Polisario diplomatically, uh, logistically with arms, etc. Just as a, you know, it's a heat from hegemonic purposes. Right. And, but nowadays, um, the Security Council endorses Morocco's uh, plan, and I'm not talking. I'm not saying that the, re- the UN resolutions say that uh, more than 32 UN resolutions speak about political solution. Under the proposal of Morocco. Now, when it comes to um, the relation of terrorism to the Polisario, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, 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 the, the Western Sahara dispute, which is a protracted conflict by Algeria, and the creation of the Polisario with the help of, of Algeria, has resulted nowadays because because of the um, stagnation of the conflict, has resulted nowadays in having terrorist groups, more specifically Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, Akim, they are related to some of the Polisario leadership. In Tindouf camps that are located in southwest Algeria, there are thousands of sequestered Sahrawis who live in dire conditions, and they are easily recruited by terrorist groups with the, which operate in the camps. Uh, at the fringe of Akim, Small local Salafist groups called the Emirat al-Sahra, Emirat, the Emirates of the Sahara, began to de- to develop in the in in the south of Algeria. Uh, Emirat al-Sahra was formed from among combatants coming from the Polisario camps. Series number one, number two, from 2021 
to now, there are more than 100 Polisario members which are active within Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, more than 100 uh, uh, Polisario members, Sahrawis, uh, coming from, from, from Tinduf camps. They are active within Al-Qaeda. I also recall the affair of Omar Sahrawi, who was a former leader of the Polisario who joined Al-Qaeda, was part of kidnapping three um, uh, Spanish uh, uh, humanitarian aid workers in 2000, in November 2009. Uh, Omar al-Sahrawi, whose services had been hired by, uh, at that time, the emir of Aqim in the Sahel, uh, Mukhtar bil Mukhtar, and I'm sure you've, you've yes. heard about him. Uh, so there is also in, in Tinduf, there is an indoctrination in the camps that is provided by the imams of the camps. It is also a factor that has made the Sahel region what is today a threat to both Morocco and other countries. Uh, there is also what we call the Islamic State in the Grand Sahara, EI or EGS, led by Adnan Abu Walid al-Sahrawi, native of Layoun. Layoun is located in uh, Moroccan Western Sahara uh, and a former active member of the Polisario Front, which claimed several terrorist operations uh, in the region between uh, 2016 and 2020. So the fact that neighboring country, Algeria, which hinders any attempt to solve this protracted conflict, which hosts the, the, the Sahrawis in Tinduf camp, these are the only camps in the world that are not sense, that we know, we don't know how many Sahrawis are there. They live in dire, dire uh, condition. They live in tents for more than, um, you know, uh, 45 years. So I think that, uh, you know, they are vulnerable. You know, they are vulnerable of the polisario leadership, criminality. Uh, particularly arms and drugs trafficking, which has developed in the region for the past uh, several years. So, um, uh, and 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 that 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 has thus appeared to many Sahrawis to be the only viable prospect mm -hmm. for the future because of this artificial protracted conflict. So, this criminal pact pact path has also facilitated. The, the transition to Islamist, to Islamist terrorism, given that the bound between these two activities is, is porous through, throughout North, Northern Africa. So this is also a threat, uh, not only to Morocco, but the whole region. And also the international community should be aware that as long as Algeria does not step up to the plate and, and, and work with Morocco to solve this artificial conflict, I think we will have more people more youth in Tinduf camps joining, uh, you know, those terrorist groups, which represent a threat not only to Africa, but many parts of the world. Okay, let, let me uh, not challenge you, but but raise a hypothetical question here, Yasmin. You talked about how some of the Sahrawis had actually decided to join Al-Qaeda, you know, the various Al-Qaeda affiliates in, in North Africa and in the Sahel. Do you think, and again, I'm not trying to justify anyone joining a terrorist group, but mm -hmm. is it possible that some of the people who saw Al-Qaeda as the only option left, given that any other negotiation to bring a conclusion to this particular protracted conflict, as you named it, is that maybe why, it, why would, that would explain why a, f a number of people have joined Al-Qaeda? Uh, well, uh, it's among other reasons, because first of all, these, these camps are closed camps. No one, no one can actually get out of the camps. I'm talking about the Sahrawis, right? Right. 
right. why I call them sequestered. And yeah. whoever calls them refugees, this is wrong because refugees are people who flee the war. There is no war in Morocco. They can actually go to either go back to Morocco or go overseas. Second thing, the United Nations uh, High Commission for Refugees was not able to get into the camp. So how can, can we, how can we call these people refugees? So these Sahrawis have been living in a dire conditions for more than 45 years because of the uh, because the, the conflict has been stalled due to uh, uh, Algeria's um, refusal to participate in, in the negotiation process. So of course, they will join terrorist groups. They are vulnerable people and youth who lo lost hope. Okay. So the last resort is for them to either join terrorist groups or join criminal, um, uh, criminal, criminal bands. So I think that this is among the reasons why uh, uh, you know the international community needs to do something to at least do a census in this in these camps, and these camps should be open to the UN. Uh, to be able to 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 uh, to undertake the census, so I think it's yes, definitely because of the stagnation of the of the of the conflicts. I think that many uh, uh, are vulnerable to join the terrorist groups. Okay, Let, let's um let's switch gears here a little bit, Yasmin. Uh, when I do read Moroccan news and about successful counterterrorism efforts to discover and dismantle terrorist cells in Morocco, which I read with fairly fairly frequently, not every day, but certainly every couple of weeks, there's an announcement that, you know, an ISIS cell or an Al-Qaeda cell has been discovered and has been neutralized. It often turns out that, that Spain is involved. So there's obviously a relationship between the Moroccan security services and the Spanish security services. Now, this becomes a little more complicated because, as you're well aware, there are two Spanish enclaves. Mm -hmm. They call them Ceuta and Melilla. They're called, I guess, Septa and Melilla in, in, in Moroccan Arabic. That must complicate the relationship between Morocco and Spain. Here you have a European power. A power. Um, you know, people talk about colonialism and things like that. We've got these two little enclaves that have been in North Africa for centuries, I believe. Can you describe for me what exactly is the relationship between the Moroccan security services and their Spanish counterparts? Is it working well? Um, I'm assuming they do share intelligence and information. We do see joint operations. Is it as good as it could be? Well, there has been, as you said, as you put it rightly, there has been a lot of uh, upside, uh, ups and downs between uh, Spain and Morocco for many years. And this is for historic reasons. First of all, uh, starting from the from the from the Spanish Sahara, and uh, where you have a little bit like some ups and downs. Uh, uh, also, the 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 problem of Melilla and Ceuta that is not gonna be solved anytime soon. But what I believe and what I've seen is that uh, there the, the the two countries prioritize what is now important, and they put. Fighting counterterrorism is a priority above everything else. So the relations between these two countries, when it comes to uh, uh, to this compared to Algeria, they are the ones who join hands to counterterrorism. Mm -hmm. uh, Morocco emphasizes the importance of international cooperation in uh, in its counterterrorism efforts, and I think uh, it's not. I think I'm sure that cooperation between Spain and Morocco, which covers many areas mainly the fight against terrorism illegal immigration and illegal uh, and illegal crimes has been going for so many years 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Morocco continues to to, uh, to cooperate closely with the, with Spain in security matters. Now, when it comes when there is an issue, for example, in the in the in the past uh, two years, uh, just that uh, two years, yes, there was a an issue of the of the of the of the Western Sahara. Spain actually uh, started actually to gave the hand to Morocco in order to solve that that problem because they know that Morocco is an important partner as Spain is an important partner to Morocco to face this these things and we have also the immigration with the, with the war that is going on in Libya you have illegal immigrants so i think that the only alternative is that they have to work together there is no other way uh, that one day i cannot see Spain and Morocco not collaborate in in fighting counterterrorism. So I think that um, Moroccan Spanish cooperation is a model for the countries of the region in the fight against terrorism. Uh, its efficient results were held recently uh, by the Minister of Interior after the arrest uh, uh, in uh, in I think in May uh, 2017 and March 2017 and 17 of 11 jihadists in Tangiers and, Barso- and Barcelona. Uh, uh, four were in Brussels on the eve of, Mar- of March 2016 terrorist attacks. So I think that you will see that regular press announcement, both in Spain and Morocco, uh, give a lot of visibility to the recurrent fruits of this close, close cooperation, which extends beyond Morocco to embrace the Sahel region. So I think that uh, cooperation primes uh, and it is above all these, I would say, um, um, kind of uh, issues that cannot be resolved now, which is Ceuta and Melilla. Now, when right. it comes to Western Sahara, Spain knows that it is a red line that mm-hmm. it cannot cross. No country. Okay. I mean, from I'm talking from the point of view of Morocco, right? So uh, they know that, and that that's why, like, when it comes to to the problem of the of the of the Sahara, they have to think twice be, before doing anything. Last question, Yasmin. Uh, you've outlined obviously that uh, cooperation with Spain is very important. Uh, there are some outstanding issues in Morocco. Do you think Morocco, as of you know late November of, of 2022, is well placed in terms of its counterterrorism efforts? Are the security services resourced adequately to? stop the vast majority of attacks? And is Morocco now a safer place than it has been, let's say, in the 2000s where we did see attacks taking place? Yeah. So as I said, from like in the recent years, there has not uh, been any uh, terrorist attack, thankfully, because of the efficiency of Morocco in in actually not containing, I would say, uh, uh, terrorism. And because Morocco is faced with the growing threat of instability and jihadism in the Sahel region, uh, the, the the country continues to uh, strengthen its counterterrorism in mechanism, both uh, uh, inside, both domestically and internationally. Uh, as I told you earlier on, like in 2020, Morocco signed an agreement with the UN uh, Office of Counterterrorism to establish the first African uh, office program in, in Rabat. This is number one internationally, how efficient the country is. Uh, Morocco's work as a committed international actor in the fight of, against uh, uh, terrorism and as one of the main part- partner in international counterterrorism initiative is based on threefold strategies. First, the country has adopted security measures. Uh, the second thing, Morocco has implemented national, religious, and social policies aimed at mitigating the risk of the emergence of extremist groups, such as 
the uh, National Initiative of Human Development, uh, Religious Reform. And finally, the country is promoting regional and international cooperation in the fight against terrorism with the relevant institutions carrying out intelligence, security, and organizations work on a daily basis. So I think that Morocco's fight against terrorism is being conducted in a holistic, global, and comprehensive manner. Um, uh, for instance, as part of the country's effort in de-radicalization, uh, there was an establishment of specialized institution to train African imam, and I think this is an excellent initiative, such as the Foundation Mohammed VI of African Ulama, which is a platform for exchange and uh, to address the uh, uh, misinterpre misinterpretation of religious text. Uh, uh, Rabat, uh, the, the, the capital Morocco, has also intensified co co collaboration with the uh, Interpol, Europol, uh, uh, and it, just in May, Morocco hosted the Global Coalition to defeat Daesh ISIS, where Morocco is an active member state uh, to address fight uh, to fight the global uh, Daesh ISIS threat. So I think that Morocco is hailed by many countries in its seriousness to fight terrorism. Uh, because we believe, like in Morocco, that we are part of those threats. Uh, we are in a fragile continent, Africa, that is the hub of many terrorist groups, terrorist cell. So I think that Morocco has developed its, its strategy to, uh, to, uh, to fight, contain uh, terrorism. And that's why it was very successful in the last year not to have any uh, terrorist attacks in that because of the efficiency of the intelligence and, and uh, secret services. Wow. Well, listen, Yasmin, we, um, you have certainly educated me when it comes to the challenges that Morocco faces, as well as the successes, and I think my listeners as well. So I, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Phil, and all, all the best in what you're doing. This is so interesting. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Yasmin Hasnawi. She's a specialist in North Africa at the University, American University in Kuwait. What do you think of what she had to say about Morocco and the challenges that it faces with its Western Sahara, with Islamic State affiliates and Al-Qaeda? Love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, as long as Twitter remains a, a real thing. And that it seems to be a daily uh, question that nowadays with Elon Musk at Saves. I'm also available on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and want to hear more of it, go to the website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You get free information, free blogs and podcasts. Also a link there to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. It's self-published, available on my website, although it'll also be published by uh, Double Dagger in Canada sometime in 2022, uh, 23 rather. Uh, love to hear your feedback on this and other matters. We'll talk again soon. Until then, stay safe.